The scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 3, scriptures 1 through 12. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one of whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying out in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Now John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then the people of Jerusalem and all Judea were going out to him, and all the region along the Jordan, and they were baptized by him in the river of Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many Pharisees and Sadducees coming for for baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruit worthy of repentance. Do, you, do not presume to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but one who is more powerful than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary, but the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. Well, I want to welcome everyone, especially today. Have you noticed in the winter that it snows on Saturday night? The big snows happen Saturday night, you know? I think the devil's at work in uh, <laughs> Salt Lake City. But, uh, so I appreciate the extra effort it took to uh, get here today, and uh, I pray that you'll be blessed because of it. Um, I'm sure all of you, like me, have been busy trying to get all the holiday preparations done. Who's behind? I'm, I'm quite, a bit, quite a bit behind, but uh, I'm doing my best to get things done. I... I got our tree up yesterday, which is uh, a huge feat. Um, I was going to get a real tree, but I ended. Up, I had my my parents' old fake tree, so we got that put together. And um, I'm buying all new. I'm getting new, you know, Christmas stuff uh, for my place. And uh, you know, you go to uh, you go to one of the stores or something, and it's it's a bit overwhelming. I got to say, it's a bit overwhelming to to be looking at all these different things. And I. I had, you know, I'm trying to choose between the multicolored kind of festive looking stuff or kind of picking a theme like red and silver, right? And I, I think I bought, I bought red and silver and then immediately had buyer's remorse. Oh, I should have got the other stuff. I should have got all that other stuff. And then, you know, trying to decide how, okay, how are we going to do presents this year? How's that going to work? And then, then you got to get out there and actually do all that stuff and all that preparation. What about stockings? I don't have a fireplace. So where are you going to, where do you put the stockings, right? And, uh, all of those kinds of things. Uh, should I have a party or which party am I going to go to? What am I going to do around all of that? And, there's a lot of preparation, you know. Where am I going to go? How many of you? How many of you have both parents in state, and uh, you know that gets complicated, doesn't it? Right? Uh, whose parents are you going to go to, and how are you? What time are you going to get there? And uh, you know, if you're like me, you spend most of Christmas on the road, uh, running from one place to another, which gets to be gets to be a lot of uh, a lot of hassle. 
So, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of preparation that goes into all of that. And, um, and it feels like, you know, it, and you spend all this time kind of ticking things off of the list. And yet, you know, it doesn't, and I'm getting things done, I gotta say. I'm getting, a, you know, I got the tree up. I'm, I'm not sure I'm really excited about it, but I got the tree up. And it's there. And so I checked that off the list. But I'm shy. I'm not really sure I'm feeling the spirit of it all, you know, in the middle of, you know, I'm not really sure I'm, I'm getting in the groove of what preparation for Christmas is all about. In fact, this year I've adopted the motto, close enough. Right? <laughs> you know, when I'm looking at the tree and I'm like, you know what, uh, close enough. You know, let's, let's move on <laughs> and try something else. And, you know, I get the feeling that the Pharisees here are approaching their preparation that John has called them to in much the same way. They have come out into the wilderness because everyone else is doing it. Right? And they don't, they don't want to miss out. Or at least that's what it seems to be what John is implying. And, you know, there's part of me that thinks I'm approaching Christmas that same way. Well, everyone else has a tree. I guess I better get one on, up in the living room here. And John the Baptist in our text today calls them on this and encourages them to bear fruit worthy of repentance. In other words, don't just go through the motions. Don't come out here to see and be seen. Don't come out here just to get your baptism on so that uh, you can join the crowd. Don't come out here and just go through the motions. But let your sincerity, let your authenticity be shown in who you become through that experience. Don't just do it. You know, become it. And in John's mind, the issue is, what will you do or who will you become when Jesus comes? And so often it can feel as though we also are just going through the motions, maybe particularly at Christmas, just getting, the, you know, getting through the checklist close enough, you know, close enough. How many times... In the course of the season, are we actually doing something because we wish to celebrate the gift that is Christ and the way in which Christ has brought new life? What are we looking for when we try to get in the Spirit? I, you know, How many of you heard this all through the Christmas season. Why don't you get in the spirit? Let's get in the spirit of this thing. Let's, you know, really get in the Christmas spirit. What do we what do you mean by that? What do you want from me to be in the spirit of Christmas? What is it we're looking for? What are we preparing for? And you know, I'm not sure I know a lot of the time. There's we're in such a hurry. Everything is coming so quickly. I'm not sure I've had time to sit back and think about what is it I'm preparing for in all of this. And I'm not sure John's followers knew what they were preparing for either. They knew something big was coming and that John was making a lot of hay about it. But even as we read on in Scripture, John wasn't even sure about what John was preparing for and preparing the world for. He asked Jesus at one point, are you the one we should be waiting for or should we look for someone else? 
So he was not always very clear. And yet, the steps that they took were quite extraordinary. In Matthew's text today, there are two central symbolic themes that stand out as we talk about what this preparing is all about. And the first thing is, and you, you know, these might not seem like a big deal, but when you think about it, the first one is the wilderness. John went out into the wilderness, and, that's, and people came to him. And that is quite extraordinary because everything in first century Palestine, quite frankly, in the first century Roman world, life centered on these kind of central main cities. Uh, you know, every, there were a few Chicago's, right? Chicago is kind of the hub of everything in the Midwest, isn't it, right? Uh, so you, all these little Chicago's. And Jerusalem was like Chicago. Everything ran in and out of Jerusalem. People, if you wanted anything, if you wanted to purchase anything, if you wanted to get anything done, if you needed somebody or something, you went to Jerusalem. That's where things got done. People came from the outskirts into the city. Not so in Matthew's text. Not so in the kingdom of God. Not so with John. John goes out into the margins. Goes out into the outer places. Go out, goes out where people out there are anonymous and unseen. Goes away from the city and starts sharing his message. This is a dumb marketing plan, really. But he goes out into the wilderness, and lo and behold, people start coming from the city out to the margins where John is. It's an extraordinary idea, and it's, uh, it was just unheard of at the time. And yet there is John. And he attracts, he attracts so many that even the high and holy, even the, the, the celebrities of the time, even the, the in-crowd wanted to get in on the action. And that's who he's talking about as a brood of vipers who come out there just to see and be seen. The other thing, the other symbol that's going on here is John's baptism. The people, once they get out of the city, out into the margins, out into the Netherlands, out where people don't go, uh, out under the viaducts, and out into the bad part of town, right? Once they get out there, they perform a symbolic act of repentance. Baptism. A baptism of repentance. Now repentance... Here's the extraordinary thing about that too. John says, come, confess your sins, repent and be baptized, be cleansed. That was not John's job. To be going around, listening to people confess their sins and offering them cleansing and grace. That was the job that took place in the city that was the job of the priest at the temple. You don't go out to the Jordan River to get your sins forgiven. You go to the temple. You talk 
to the collaborating Roman uh, appointed high priest. You give him a little bit of money and a dove and that's how you get your sins forgiven. Well, John, what he was doing was completely different. Come out here, repent. Repent literally means to turn toward God in preparation for what God is doing. Come out here and turn toward God and do it right out here in the margins, away from the hustle and bustle of the city, away from the temple which has become corrupt, away from all of that. And John's baptism becomes an invitation to live differently. To quote, bear fruit worthy of that repentance. And so here we are. We find ourselves trying to prepare for Christmas and all that that means. And I believe our search for the spirit of Christmas will ultimately lead us to the same place it led those who followed John out into the wilderness. Preparing for the birth of Christ will not be accomplished in the mall, in the marketplace, in the stores. It won't be accomplished with the right gifts or the right decorations or the right traditions. It's not in the department stores or Walmart on Black Friday. My God, don't take your life in your own hands by going to Walmart on Friday. My Lord. I can't think of a dumber way to prepare for Jesus. Preparing for Jesus means going to the margins. Going to the wilderness. Going where the people God loves and misses the most are being left behind. It is not, it means, I'm talking about, of course, how to spend your money, which is important. How we spend our money has an impact in the kingdom of God. So I encourage you to be smart and just in the way you spend your money this Christmas. You know, I do, I'm off on a thing here, but, you know, every year I go to the mall, or I used to. Uh, up until last year. Every year I go to the mall and I wander through the mall at Christmas time with this incredible anxiety inside of me about what on earth I'm supposed to buy. And I never find anything I want to buy for anybody. And I end up walking out of the mall two hours later with a pretzel and nothing else. Right? Last year I did all of my shopping down on 9th and 9th, right? And just in three stores. And it was, it was a blessing, and I think it was a better way to spend my money. But mostly, I mean, aside from that, I mean going to the people and the places that are not a part of anyone's marketing campaign. Going to where... This is why, and I think we know this, the spirit of Christmas is found at the food bank or the coat drive, or the shelter, or the veterans' home, or in places society tells us have nothing to offer, and you will be blessed. We And we know this, right? We know this. This is why charity becomes so much bigger around Christmas time, is because we inherently know 
that the spirit of what Jesus' birth is celebrated for is found in the faces and the laughter of children who are being blessed by us and blessing us in return. Amen? Amen. Out in the margins is where you're going to find the spirit of Christmas that we are all longing for. In addition, preparing for Jesus means living differently. Repentance, again, it's an action of turning toward God and turning away from all of those things that are dragging us away from God and away from an honest-to-goodness love interaction with the rest of the world. Preparing for Christmas takes a turning toward God and allowing God to transform who we are to live differently. We cannot merely be moved by the idea of Jesus' birth. We cannot merely be touched by the music for a few moments. We cannot just give lip service to peace on earth and goodwill to humanity. It can't just be a verse we sing once a year. It's got to translate into the way we live out our life. That's the Spirit that John is talking about. That preparing for Jesus' birth is all about. Christmas must transform or it becomes just an empty ritual that ultimately becomes a drag on our spirit and ultimately becomes an obstacle to our communion with God instead of the vehicle that it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be something that calls us into a deeper, more significant, more intimate relationship with the Creator of all that is who shared love to us through a little baby. And you can't make sense of that by what you buy or what you put on the tree or on the walls. You can only make sense of that by turning toward it and allowing it to penetrate deeply and transform us forever. So John invites us. His invitation makes a straight path for the Spirit of Christmas. And we are each called to follow that path into the wilderness, out away from where it's comfortable, into the margins. And we are each invited to turn toward God and to ultimately live differently. Let us pray. Great and mighty God, the One who loves us all so much, may we in the pounding of so much noise around us in preparation for Christmas morning that is fast upon us, help us to pause. Help us to get away 
from all that noise and retreat to the margins where we know we will find You there. And may we turn ourselves toward You expecting to be changed. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen.